Hey, Bob WP here, and we are back with Do the Boo, episode 110. Uh, today's show is a conversation I had with Alan Smith, who is a developer advocate for WooCommerce.com. And Alan had a lot to talk about because we basically put him on the seat and did a Q&A with him, or what you might call Ask Me Anything. So tune in because this is some good information on documentation at WooCommerce and all the things they're doing for developer advocacy over on WooCommerce.com. And before we get into that, I'd like to thank one of our pod friends. This is Wayflyer. Wayflyer is helping Woo DTC merchants improve their cash flow to accelerate growth through revenue-based financing. This is really an interesting approach, and you should check it out. They're the only trusted funding partner on the Woo Marketplace and are featured in the Grow Your Business collection. So you can sign up free by going to wayflyer.com and time to jump into the conversation. Hey, everyone. All right, we are here. We are live it is the WooCommerce Builder Community Events, and we're gonna we're gonna dive right into this. This is gonna be a great one because we are just going to um, rattle Alan's brain with questions. Is what our goal is today. So uh, before I even get into that, I want to just have Alan let everyone know that doesn't know Alan uh, in a nutshell what he does over at WooCommerce. Uh, so yeah, my uh, my name is Alan. I'm a developer advocate for WooCommerce uh, at Automatic. I'm the only developer advocate, I should say, <laughs> at Automatic for WooCommerce. My goal is just to make sure that the developer experience is delightful and efficient for anybody who is building with WooCommerce, who's extending WooCommerce as a an extension developer, and anybody who's even just building stores for merchants. Um, that's that's my goal is just making sure that everybody has a, a great experience as a developer. Cool. All righty. Well, I haven't seen any comments. So if you're out there in the world of um, whatever, you can say hello, um, tell us where you're from. But how this is going to kind of roll out if you're actually listening right now is, yeah, we're going to ask questions down. I put on the meetup page uh, kind of his expertise uh, questions about developer resources, documentation, tooling, uh, current Woo engineering priorities, uh, where you might go to get help with, you know, kind of the fill in the blank. And uh, yeah, just all I ask is be cool, be nice. Uh, hi, Alicia from Santa Barbara. All righty. Uh, yeah, be, you know, we're, we're just going to go with it. But I thought what, how we'd roll this off while everybody's drumming up those questions is I'm going to put up a couple three questions that were actually asked beforehand. And um, these, you know, I, I think it's kind of interesting what's coming through. And we're going to go ahead and put this one up. So Lindsay asks, what do you think is the most underused function of WooCommerce that you think people should utilize more and that you think can improve someone's store? I thought that was interesting. So, you know, I know. I thought just from your experience uh, and perspective, what do you think? What, let me think about what would be the most underused function in WooCommerce. Um, I think it varies depending on the type of store owner, the type of merchant that you talk to and the industry that they work in. I know that there are a lot of people who are not 
quite ready, not quite comfortable switching to WooCommerce blocks. I know that that's something that we would love for everybody to start using, but it's also a, a chicken or egg situation too, because it's up to us to implement a lot of that functionality to help those plugins be compatible with the other plugins that these merchants rely on. So um, I think there's work on both sides to be done, but that might be something that I, I feel like people are a little bit hesitant to adopt. And I think that if they could, um, that would open up so many doors because of the Gutenberg project, because it um, makes it such a smooth experience. I, I feel like um, using blocks as opposed to using the old uh, legacy editor with short codes and things like that. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense because, yeah, I always wondered that when I got that through, I was trying to think, you know, even from talking to people, if I could think of a underused feature and yeah, sometimes, you know, with WordPress, there was always ones because they were kind of hidden. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I found little gems here and there that people, oh, I didn't even know that was there. But um, I, I think that's one of the things is finding those sometimes in any plugin, it's finding those little things that are hidden and you're thinking, wow, I did not know this could do that. And you kind of, you know, bang your head against the wall because it was uh, <laughs> the whole time and you just spent two hours Googling it. So Right. <laughs> One thing that's really interesting too, and I don't know if a lot of merchants know this or a lot of builders know this, but if you are using WooCommerce in conjunction with some of these supporting plugins like WooCommerce Admin, or WooCommerce blocks, if you go and you install the actual feature plugin version of those supporting packages, uh, they include a lot of newer features that are kind of behind feature flags. You can toggle those on and off and you won't necessarily get that functionality if you're just using the version that's bundled with WooCommerce core. So um, that's a fun thing to try out if you wanna try out new features and things like that. So for instance, in the feature plugin version of WooCommerce admin right now, we have this new navigation feature that you can toggle on and off and it's super cool. Yeah, alrighty, okay, let's see here. Let's go over and we got a little more. Okay, here we go. We got another question here. What are your thoughts on headless WooCommerce? Oh, I, I knew that one would come. Somebody would ask that. <laughs> Joseph, you, you sneaked in and you asked that one. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, I think it's super cool. I think anything, I mean, headless CMS in general, I think is is going to be super cool. I, um, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this uh, or not, but like I, I love like static site generators. The whole idea of, I know that there's this big uh, controversy between Jamstack and, and WordPress. And I don't think that it has to be a competition necessarily because I think that we can integrate things together. And I think that headless CMS, headless WooCommerce is a part of that. Um, letting people interact with this platform through an API and then handle the front end however they want to in whatever way works best for them. I think that that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always, I, I, what I think about is, and I had somebody ask me the other day, and this was somebody that was just kind of getting into um, development and stuff. And they said, what is headless? You know, and I think it's a term we kind of thrown out there and it's getting more and more understood. But at a point, they, there's some people that are entering it that are still like, you know, it sounds very daunting is what I think it sounds. <laughs> All righty. Well, there was one question. I'm going to um, pull this up. This is somebody had asked this, and I thought it was another very interesting question. Just said, asked me uh, somewhere when I said, oh, I'm going to have Alan on. How are feature priorities set internally by request, et cetera? 
So it depends. I, and I don't really have a straightforward answer for how they're set because they're set in different ways in different parts of the company. Um, to sort of give you all some context a little bit, I work in a part of Automatic that is focused on um, the Woo platform itself. So I'm, I'm a member of a team focused on the developer experience. And so we interact with other teams to kind of you know, make sure that they have what they need in terms of tooling and, and things like that. And my job specifically is to work with external developers to make sure that they have those things as well. Um, when we set uh, priorities, there's a number of different ways that we do that. We have an ideas board, which you can access at ideas.woocommerce.com. Some teams pull ideas from that. Other teams don't view it as frequently as, as other teams. Um, I know that that is one area that they do pull I, I, like feature requests from. Uh, oftentimes in the WooCommerce core repository, if a developer opens a feature request as, a, um, as an issue on GitHub, they'll be redirected over to the ideas board so that other developers can weigh in and discuss features and vote on them. Um, we do use that to a certain extent uh, to you know, set priorities and, and pick features that we might like to implement and include in our roadmap. The other thing that comes into play, because you know, we are a private for-profit company, Automatic, um, we do have business priorities that affect our engineering priorities. And so oftentimes we'll have to redirect our effort over to you know, certain um, you know, platform work in, in my case, in the case of my division, um, certain platform work that doesn't necessarily let us give these important features, the attention and time that we would like to. Um, and so it's, it's probably not a straightforward answer, but we, uh, we set priorities from a number of, um, sources and, and inputs. Um, and you know, it, it just shifts a little bit over time. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's one question here that, um, well, I, th I thought this isn't so much maybe your, well, it is because of your resource. And let's kind of go with this a couple different ways. Um, what are your favorite resources for beginners? So let's, let's, let, let's go on both sides of things. Let's go with developers, be beginner developers. And then let's go with just um, WooCommerce in general. And I, I think I maybe know your answer to this, but I will. Um, I thought <laughs> I might ask this because maybe there's some other little ones drifting out there somewhere. But what do you think? So for developers, you say we start with developers. Is that right? Or are we? who do we start with? Yeah, let's start with developers. Yeah, let's start with that. Okay. Uh, so we have the, the WooCommerce developer portal, which you can access um, if you go to developer.woocommerce.com. And this is just an aggregation of different sources of, um, excuse me, different resources. So we have tools, guides, um, all sorts of, of different resources up there. In fact, we just published a new extension builders guide, I think on Monday morning is when it went live. Um, oh yeah, this is great. Bob has it up here. Um, so uh, this is probably my, you know, recommended go-to, you know, resource as a first step. If you're just getting started with WooCommerce development, with WordPress development, I would also highly recommend checking out the um, Plugin Developer Handbook, I think is what it's called. And that's on WordPress.org. They walk through a lot of the high-level concepts in terms of how extension, excuse me, how plugin develop works in the WordPress ecosystem. And 
WooCommerce extensions are just a specialized subset of WordPress plugins. And so if you can grasp those core concepts uh, of, of building a WordPress plugin, you know, building a, a WooCommerce extension will come pretty naturally because it relies on the same core concepts in terms of using um, hooks like actions and filters to inject behavior at different parts of the application, the request cycle, um, and just operating in that space. So those are the two resources I would recommend is the developer portal on WooCommerce.com and then also the uh, WordPress.org plugin developer handbook. Okay. How about on the user side? Is there, um, you know, I know that WooCommerce has a great blog and I actually had a, a meetup once on basic user stuff out there. And I found very little, I mean, a lot of scattered stuff. You can Google it and it's, you know, on different blogs, anything that stands out to you, you know, WooCommerce wise and beyond. Yeah, for users, I, I know that we have the WooCommerce Docs site, and it is pretty comprehensive. That's what we have a lot of our happiness engineers direct uh, support requests to because we have pages on you know different topics, including a lot of the extensions in our marketplace. Uh, so I think that that site is is a good resource for people. The um, plugin forum on WordPress.org is another great place for people to go if they have specific questions about things. Um, it may be that somebody's asked a question in that support forum before. Um, I tend to use Stack Overflow quite a bit, um, and I find, you know, I don't know, six or seven times out of 10, I can find a, a pretty good answer or at least point myself in the right direction of something I'm trying to do in WooCommerce by, by going to one of those three resources. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's, um, yeah, I, I've found, you know, there's one of the ones I sometimes recommend is um, for real basics is WP 101. They have some real, I mean, like if somebody, a user just needs to kind of grasp that initial, you know, what's back here, they kind of get lost in it. It's, they're short, there's not a ton of them. And you kind of go through and you get a little bit more, um, yeah, just a little bit of direction on it. And then I think you can dive into a lot of the other stuff like you mentioned. Well, Zach wrote a little novel here. So let's see what we got here. How can someone get started if they want to contribute to the WooCommerce open source project? And what is being done to increase community involvement in core development for WooCommerce? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Two part there. All right. <laughs> Uh, so we're working on it. I don't think that we have a, a great system in place right now to encourage uh, core contributions, but it is something that we recognize that we want to do. Um, we have, you know, contributing guides in various repositories, which I think, uh, to speak to this a little bit, I think that's part of the problem is that we have so many different repositories where people can contribute. And a lot of times there are different uh, ways to contribute depending on the project you want to contribute to. So somebody who wants to add something to the, say the, the blocks project may have to do different steps from somebody who wants to contribute to WooCommerce admin or WooCommerce core. And I think that that's a bit of a challenge. Um, if you are interested in getting started as a contributor, one thing we do here is um, we label all of our issues as we go through and we triage them. And we have a label that is good first issue. So if you're interested in getting started with it, take a look at those issues in those repositories. Um, 
I think it's type, good first issue, something like that. And what we've done in the past couple of months is we started to standardize the way that we're labeling all of these repositories. So small steps toward getting um, engineering kind of aligned in terms of practices. And so if you look at the labels across these repositories, you should be able to find some issues that might be worth um, tackling. Um, one thing that I would really like to see if people want to help us improve our documentation, a lot of our core code reference is generated from doc strings that are in our PHP files and our um, you know, JavaScript files. And if we can improve that over time, that'll just automatically make our documentation better. So that's one great way to get started as a uh, contributor in any of these projects is just to help us document them a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, this is another one. Uh, let's see. Okay. Come on people. We, we want those questions. This is another one that um, I pulled actually from Twitter the other day. Somebody said they weren't going to be able to make it. And uh, let's see here. Where we go here. Okay. So th does the frequency of smaller monthly updates help or hinder keeping up with the documentation? I don't know if it has an impact on the documentation itself. We were chatting about this earlier this week, and it's it's one of those things where it's um, we see the the gap in documentation as a larger project. Basically, it's a it's a chunk that we kind of need to um, to just tackle. And I don't think it's necessarily something that has come about as a result of shifting to monthly releases. Which I'm trying to think of when we switched. It was probably about a year ago that we switched to monthly releases. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, we haven't really measured to see what, what the effect is, I guess, come to think of it. But um, I have not noticed a difference in the amount of documentation. Yeah, yeah. So nobody's frantically scrambling. Because when I, I when they asked me that, I thought, you know, in a way I could think of, okay, we've got to go change this little part. we got to go change this little part. But maybe the fact that it is just little parts help a bit, a lot more than saying, okay, now we got to totally rewrite this whole thing because of, you know, constant major updates and stuff. So, so interesting. Cool. All righty. Well, come on, people. I know. Okay. I know. I know, Diego. Come on. I know you would have <laughs> something to ask. Something is burning inside of you. Let me go back here and see. We had another, um, let's see. I thought we, okay, this is, this is one that, um, I asked somebody, and I thought this was <laughs> this was a pretty good one. This is, and and maybe this as a, not a developer, but a developer advocate. Do you feel pressure and responsibility with millions of stores depending on your code? Does this keep you awake at night? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So this is something that that I feel um, a, a big connection to because of the nature of the WooCommerce platform. Right. This is something. Um, I feel like WooCommerce is the platform that you use if you are um, a small business owner just trying to get started. It's the roll-your-own version of uh, an e-commerce solution. And so knowing that these uh, these people are just regular uh, moms and pops, that's the expression we have here in the States, like moms and pop stores are depending on WooCommerce. So that uh, that does keep me awake at night. And we do feel that pressure and responsibility because um, – you know, we're not, you know, we do have big companies who use WooCommerce and they are very important as well. Um, but when you, when you think about affecting somebody's bottom line, because you're, you know, uh, their store can't function, basically their livelihood is at stake. Um, that's something that we see a great responsibility for. 
Yeah. I mean, I used to be awake just handling, you know, three or four clients sometimes at night and stuff. And um, I can imagine you're, you're just the overall encompassing. I woke up this morning and I had some um, something I thought would work a certain way with WooCommerce worked a different way. And I got it was through the payments and stuff. It was actually prorating. And, you know, it was one of those things when I, the minute I opened my iPad this morning at about five o'clock, AM. I, I saw my first thing and I started freaking out about it. And it was like, oh my God, I, you know, I, I totally thought of this wrong. And I, I do want to add just for everybody knows, um, as I'm waiting, oh, we got another question here, but that I just recently, uh, yesterday, um, switched over from regular Stripe to Woo Payments. Mm-hmm. And I, I will, you know, everybody thinks, okay, you're biased, Bob, and you're going to say, but okay, I'm going to honestly say, I've, I've, you know, I've been doing this stuff for 10 years and I've dealt with payment gateways. And I would say that onboarding was about the least painless I've ever experienced in my entire web life of payment gateways. I mean, it, yeah, it, essentially I went through and, you know, I, I don't know, was it five, six steps? Mm-hmm. Um, Bama was done and I thought, Hmm, that's almost seemed too easy. Yeah. So then I went in and made a purchase just cause I wanted to see. And sure enough, it went through and cause I had several other things coming through. I knew. So I was, I want to make sure it was working. And it was like, I, I, I had to do a double take cause I'm so used to the process of, you know, going and copying the API and bringing this over here and doing this. And it was just like, man, this is, you know, did I dream this or something? Or I, I don't know. It was it was really slick. So if anybody out there that is watching this now or going to think about clients doing this, I would rest assured that this is uh I, I know that it's just in the US now, so there is limitations. But I would yeah, I would say your clients are gonna have a lot more of a wonderful experience if they need to do this you know, or want to add it at some point. But um, anyway, I just thought I would throw that in because that was my recent experience. So um, so he, uh, Diego says he doesn't have specific technical questions. Well, we don't want technical, do we? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but let's go with this first one. I'm going to show, um, okay, so let's, let's kind of go through here. He's going through stuff and I'm going to just kind of, so he says uh, WooCommerce took the tons of JavaScript route last year. Yet JS has always been a side thing in WordPress. Elements like React, NPM, Webpack, and Co were Arabella. I can't even talk here. And he goes on. Now they seem to have become the thing to use. And I noticed that most developers either have basic knowledge about them or none at all. So now he leads up with what he calls a quirky question. <laughs> so the, I, I like quirky. So the question is, what are the plans for comprehensive development documentation targeted at someone who has WC plugins to update with the latest technologies but can't use create thing scripts? Yeah, that's a great question, right? Because it's super easy to just throw a script at somebody and say, hey, if you run this, you can start fresh. But a lot of these developers have years and years and years worth of code that they have put effort into and they don't want to start fresh. They don't want to start from scratch because it just doesn't make sense. Um, How do we port that code to this new way of working? Um, 
we do have a few resources in place, but that, you know, Diego is right. The, the documentation that we have in place or the guidance around migrating, you know, what we might call legacy extensions, traditional WordPress, excuse me, WooCommerce extensions. We don't have great guidance for porting those. We do have a blog post that came out a couple of months ago. I want to say maybe October or November. You can find it on the developer uh, developer.woocommerce.com. There was a blog post about uh, implementing React, adding React to a legacy PHP extensions. Um, yeah, so they do they do have to do the work manually right now. Yep. Um, and these are just manual steps. So we don't have a great uh, middleware option, you might call it, uh, like a migration path. And part of that has to do with the fact that Historically, there have been multiple development, uh, we'll call them pathways, different ways to develop WooCommerce extensions. Um, and so that makes it difficult to have a uh, one size fits all, you know, scripted way of um, uh, transforming old extensions to the new way of, of, of working. Um, but that's, that's interesting, though, to I'm trying to think. I don't know if I could ask around actually, if we have, um, let me take a note here in my notebook. I think that we, um, if we could explore something like that to automate the process of updating, I think that, that would be really neat. Cause we don't, we haven't considered that I think. So yeah. And, and I see the next comment here too. Um, so we have all of these, um, tools that historically have not been a huge part, as he points out, not been a huge part of WordPress development. Um, so you have Webpack and you have, um, you know, React is this whole other ball of wax that we have and all of these new technologies. And right now the best option we have is to, to point people to the official documentation for those projects to get a better um, foundational knowledge of how they work. So, um, uh, it's it's tricky. Um, I, I do think that we could flesh things out a little bit better, but again, it's it's kind of tricky because there has not been a um, singular starting point for a lot of um, developers because everybody has sort of developed in a different way over the years. Yeah, until we get the next question, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something at you that's a little bit different, and this is something um, I had asked somebody. Recently, I think on a podcast, I'd asked, asked actually um, somebody that runs an agency and you work with a lot of developers. What do you think, you know, think of the product developers, the ones that want to reach out to agencies and basically have them swoon over their product? I mean, that's, you know, but and I, I get this as well. I mean, you know, people that just, you know, create products, I understand they want to get it out there and they want people to, you know, use them, talk about them, whatever. But of course, that isn't always the best way to do it. What do you recommend to developers that are doing products? And this may be from your just your own experience as well, uh, to kind of reach out to these agencies or what, is there some secret sauce or you know, is it just over time it's going to, you know, work? Because it's, I think they get very desperate, especially when they've launched something. Right. Yeah. There are a couple of different things that, that um, 
developers can try. So we do have the WooCommerce Marketplace, which I think a lot of developers do know about. Um, it's a process for getting listed in there. And I think agencies do pull from there. Um, so that's one way to get additional exposure, additional adoption that helps your um, extension gain traction and things like that. Um, that being said, we do have specific requirements. There are certain extension types that the marketplace uh, doesn't allow for one reason or another, just simply because of some of our internal business needs and priorities and things. Um, one thing we do recommend to people is, is getting listed in the WordPress plugin directory. So that's another way that these extension developers can get you know, some additional exposure. Um, what I have recommended sometimes is I've, I've helped people connect in our WooCommerce community chat, our Slack chat that we have. Um, that's one option. It gets kind of tricky because you don't, as a developer, necessarily want to come across as you know, spammy or just like promoting your own solution. But a lot of times if um, what I found is in our weekly office hours that we hold on Slack, um, it's specifically for developers. But what we end up having is we have people who are building stores. A lot of agency people come in looking for solutions or merchants come in looking for solutions that can be solved with a plugin that already exists. So that's a great opportunity for people to, you know, spot these opportunities to say, hey, um, I wrote a plugin that does this thing that you're asking how you can implement yourself. And so oftentimes that's, that's one way to get a foot in the door with, with agencies or even just directly with merchants who need that solution. Right. And that's what I've told a lot, exactly those same things, you know, get in and, and get to know these people. Don't sell them, you know, get in and get in on conversations and by osmosis, people start to get to know you better. So you, you know, you'll know when that approach is right rather than just coming in. I, I've seen that a lot in Slack. Somebody comes in, Hey, I just launched this, you know, and they put it in six channels and <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't quite go over really well. So Ronald has a nice big question for you here. Um, what's in the roadmap for the next 12 months? Maybe Alan can give us a glimpse of woo in 2022. Wow. Can you go that far ahead? You know, so I can't go quite to 2022. Um, let me think here. So I can, let me pull this up on my end just so that I'm uh, looking at accurate stuff here. So we, uh, again, I, I work in the, we'll call it the platform group, basically. So we are focused on just making sure um, that WooCommerce is a, you know, a trusted platform that, uh, something big for us is we're taking um, steps to eliminate that anxiety. I guess I could call it anxiety. If you've ever been a merchant or even just a, a site implementer, that uh, you know trepidation you feel before you click that update button, it's like, is this going to break anything when I click it? That's something that we've been uh, putting a lot of effort into is just removing that fear. Um, so it, uh Focusing on backwards compatibility, um, ensuring that any update is not going to have breaking changes. Um, that was one of the reasons we've done away with semantic versioning uh, over the past few months. I guess it was just this month, come to think of it, or last month, um, is so that we can communicate those changes in a more explicit way and tell developers and merchants how to prep for them. Um, what else are we doing? Let's see here. Um, uh, to the best of my knowledge, you're going to keep seeing monthly releases from us over the next year. That's not something we're, we're going to change. We have 
built up systems that seem to be working really well for us, um, which I'm, I'm excited about. Uh, the team that I'm on has been working a ton on testing utilities that we're using internally. And I think a lot of these we've already open sourced and shared with the community, but there's additional stuff uh, coming as well. Um, there is an API package that we, I, I believe this might be open source. So um, if it's not open source, um, I think it is. Yeah, it's listed on NPM. So it's an API package that people can use to help. Uh, oh, you can build test fixtures with it and you can also use it to interact you know, with the uh, WooCommerce REST API. Um, that's a node package that we're working on. Um, let's see here. We're working on, uh, again, these come back to just the platform itself, working on scalability, um, something that a lot of people have asked for uh, over the years, um, improving variation filtering, little, you know, platform limitations are, are things that we've really been focusing on uh, lately. So just making the, um, the platform itself just better, more robust um, for, for the things that merchants need. Um, Oh, and uh, something I'm excited about, we're rolling out a developer satisfaction scoring system. So some developers probably already know this. We've sent out a uh, survey um, asking about their experience as a developer with WooCommerce, but we're going to be measuring that satisfaction over the next year and then you know, in the foreseeable future to make sure that we're just getting better at, at what we do, what we offer. Cool. All right. Well, hopefully that... Um Gave you some some food for thought there, Ronald. So let's see. Waiting to see if we get some other uh, question here. Um, what you know? One of the things I, I was thinking about was I recently did a podcast on the dreaded twenty twenty, and I think we all want to put it behind us. But <laughs> what has what did it? How did it affect you? you know, what you do at WooCommerce. I mean, obviously we know the growth. We know a lot of challenges. I mean, some agent developers, you know, had more work than they could ever imagine. Others struggled. Some became new developers because they, you know, just needed to because of the situation. But, you know, looking back at it and you're, because this was, when did you start at WooCommerce? Was it the beginning of last year? Yeah, it was mid-year. I started in June, yeah. Mid-year. Okay, so if you started right in the midst of all this, so you have nothing to compare it to, but at the same time, how much was everything kind of, I don't want to say focused, but everything layered out from how everybody was dealing with things, customers, new projects, stuff like that? I I think that we experienced, I mean, I'm trying to think there's, there's a great deal of friction, I think that happened because, or maybe I can say tension because merchants are demanding the, these platforms because this is how business, it's like the paradigm is shifting basically overnight. And so on one hand, that's great because you have all these new users who are um, trying out the platform for the first time, they're kicking the tires and they're providing all this super valuable feedback about things that we want to, um, to fix. But at the same time, if we've had these other priorities that we were working on, we would have to sort of recalibrate things. And I think they did that to a certain extent um, to accommodate for 
just the sheer number of new users who were coming to the platform and the feedback that they were giving us. So um, I think that maybe the piece that I mentioned earlier about scalability, I think that's probably a result of more people transitioning, not just to WooCommerce, but to e-commerce in general. Um, so you have the smaller mom and pop stores and you have lots more of them, I think, as a result of the pandemic. But then you also have some of these bigger companies who need systems that scale, who are looking for the right e-commerce solution as well. Um, and so I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of those pieces have come out of the shift that happened last year, where we see just a huge explosion of growth in uh, e-commerce. Mm -hmm. I know that I had um, put that question to Chris Lemma in a podcast and he, we we talked a little bit about the stress of develop for developers because one thing is a lot of new ones were coming in with you know big ideas small budgets mm -hmm. because of one reason or another and others were tight deadlines you know it's not like now it's okay I want to build a store let's you know spend three months doing this I need to get online right now mm -hmm. and that was another added stress it, and it's and it multiplies too if you think about like um agencies right so i had somebody just about every developer i talked to last year that was you know their their chief complaint if and they wouldn't even call it a complaint but they were saying we have so much new business we can't keep up with it basically and they were looking for uh just efficiencies in our platform that would make it easier for them. So to cite an example, there was a, a developer who contacted me and they were using a, a plugin. I don't know if it's a Woo plugin or if it was a third-party plugin. Um, but because of a limitation in something, they were having to patch that plugin manually um, with a solution that they had come up with. And they were, which is not a big deal if you're only working with one store, but they were working with like tons of stores and they had to patch it every time they wanted to update those stores. And so that just something small like that can be a huge uh, time suck, basically, if you multiply it out, if it scales out. So um, it's interesting to see these limitations play out in that way when so, so, so many more people are using the platform all at once. Right. And Alicia had said... Um was amazing. There was a lot of silver to mine in those linings if you knew where to look, which is true. And I, we, and I'm not sure if it was Alicia. I was sometimes I get because she was on the podcast recently, but we were talking about how it kind of pushed maybe what would have taken years and years in a matter of one year. And one of that is just a buying habits online because people were forced to not force, but you know, th there was more of a comfort level to buy online because they didn't want to go out and shop in person. They didn't want to go in malls, things were closed and stuff. So then that might have happened over time to these people, but mm -hmm. suddenly we're all kind of forced into it. And I, I'm, I'm kind of guessing that most people aren't thinking, Oh, you know, I've spent the last six months buying stuff online and, Amazon or wherever, boy, I can't wait to get around and walk in those crowded malls and drive <laughs> through the traffic and have a great time going in store after store, trying to find exactly what I want, like nobody ever said. So you <laughs> really wonder, it's probably made a huge shift. I mean, on the other side of things, consumer wise, that we're just not going back to. And I know there's a lot of other things too, but that's, that's gotta be a big one. 
I think so. And I think it, it goes a long way to help with just general democratization of commerce. And I know that's our, our mission is just democratizing commerce. But if you think about people who have been in this game for years, e-commerce with WooCommerce, how much better they may have been positioned when last year happened um, for some of these, you know, uh, basically to, to claim some of that market share that they couldn't have otherwise done because, you know, they didn't have the capital to, to have like a brick and mortar store or some of the other things that these bigger retailers did. Yeah, exactly. All righty. Well, yeah. Um, well, I'm looking to see, um, you know, I, I think you're, you're, you're doing so well at WooCommerce that just nobody has questions as many questions. <laughs> I think that's the whole, the point, you know, is, um, how's your, I, I just, um, you have a developer, uh, kind of a chat where they can come in once a week on Slack, uh, has, you know, what I'm curious about when you do something like that, has that, and, and, and I don't want you to have to, you know, say, no, it didn't, but has that kind of gone the direction it want you wanted it to, because, you know, you just open it like, Hey, we're here and come in and ask questions and it's maybe rolls into what you might normally see on Slack, but maybe they feel more eyes are on it. You know, I hadn't thought about it from that angle, but yeah, it's, um, I'm trying to think. It hasn't necessarily done what we originally thought that it would, but it, had, it has also done things that we didn't anticipate doing, which is for me, it's great. Like um, originally the, the goal was to have developers kind of increasing, I'm trying to think we called it multi, multi-directional conversation, right? So it's not just us talking to developers and developers giving us feedback, but it's developers talking to each other, sharing solutions, um, and we do have that to a certain extent and it's so awesome to see like, uh, and the one we had this week, somebody came and asked for, um, oh, I'm trying to think of, of how they were trying to do this. They were filtering, they wanted to filter a list of products based on a percentage of discounts. So they wanted a, a merchant or excuse me, a customer to come in and click a button that would show them a view of all of the products that were, uh, 50% off, we'll say. Um, but because of the way that the database and the REST API are set up in WooCommerce, you know, the best that I could offer was, well, you could you know, hit the REST API and you could pull all of the uh, products that are listed as on sale. And then you can use the sale price and the regular price to calculate it. And it could work in some convoluted way. But then we had another developer uh, who came in and said, you know what, we had the same problem or similar problem a few months back. And so we um, have this solution that's like prepackaged. And so... I don't know if it was a, a a plugin that they were selling. I think it, he linked to a uh, somewhere in the plugin forum that was maybe a, a code snippet or something like that. But it's neat to see people helping each other in that way, um, which is, has been really nice. The other side to it is that um, I keep a log of all the conversations that I'm a part of in uh, developer office hours. And then internally i have a monthly kind of digest that i share with engineering leads and things like that and so it gets those conversations in front of those people without them having to dig for them and so it's a really nice way um for them to find out what people in the community are talking about what they're asking about and i think that that has been um a big help yeah yeah well um somebody just shared this over in a uh, woocommerce um, group on Facebook. So we'll see if a few more people pop in or if everybody's 
so buried in working on their stores themselves <laughs> that they just ignore us totally. But you know, you never know. It's um, it's a spur of the moment um, occasion. So have you? I, I'm curious, and, and I'm not just going to be filling time here, but have you done anything on Clubhouse yet? I'm, I'm wondering if you personally, have you even dealt with that new platform, Clubhouse? I'm, I'm just curious. I haven't. Tell me more about it, though. Yeah, it's where it's just um, where people kind of, um, how do you, how do how can you say it in a nutshell? You start chats. You just automatically start a chat and you can invite people up to the stage and have a conversation. So you're constantly getting uh, people to, um, like, for example, you could say, okay, I'm going to get on Clubhouse and I'm going to talk about something we're doing with documentation. And everybody that falls, you would be notified about that because you'd have this room and they could pop in and they could listen or you can invite them up. They can raise their hands and you can invite them up to talk with you. So it's it's very sporadic, even though things are kind of scheduled, but you're notified. I It's it's interesting. It's uh, Twitter's trying to do it with um, beta in spaces, I think it's called right now. But but it's a uh, it. It's it's different, you know. Sometimes I, I get some notifications, but sometimes you get them and it's like drop drop that. Um, somebody said Alicia said it's podcast on steroids, but it's sporadic kind of thing, and it's it's uh, but yeah, <laughs> and the stuff doesn't you know it, I I believe it disappears after you're done, so it's not like archived either. So it can be very um, yeah fly by the pants type of thing. But, That's very cool. Yeah, but um, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. You know, I think Facebook is going to try to um, do it. I, I think it was Facebook. I know Twitter's got a beta, so you know everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. So it's just another thing for us to do. You know, as if we don't have enough things to do. But um, but you know, <laughs> it'll it'll be fun to see how it goes out. This is fascinating. I appreciate you telling me about this because we're this is something we're looking at doing. We we have been in the past. We've held this monthly, we called it a community chat on Slack. And um, for anybody who's who's here today or who's listening today, who's attended these, you, you may know that a lot of it has kind of turned into just a, a digest of things that have shipped over the past month. And we want to rework that so it's a little bit it has a little bit more value basically mm-hmm. to developers. And so we want to have more. Um, focused uh, conversations around specific WooCommerce topics, but this sounds like it might be a great platform yeah. for that. Yeah. And it's the only, the only setback I see is it's only available for iPhone. It's not for I Android and you've got to do it on your phone. So it's, oh. so there is limitations right now. I'm sure they're getting all sorts of money, but um, you know, it's um, as Diego said, he, he doesn't even eat apples, so he doesn't have an iPhone. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> but it is, I think, yeah, it's another option out there and I, I, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I've, I've been involved with a few of them and I've yet to start a chat myself as if I need to be chatting more, but um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll do it sometime and I may just be, be talking to myself, but Hey, you know, I do that a lot during the day anyway. So it really would be no different for me. So, um, anyway, <laughs> fun stuff. <laughs> All right. You know, maybe sometime we'll we sh- we should just move over a community chat onto this sometime, just sporadically and say, "Hey, everybody, come over," and you can you know we'll we'll, 
we're going to carry it over there or something. I mean, I shouldn't hijack it, but you know, I'm always looking for ideas. So <laughs> that would be fantastic. I'll see if I can find uh, an engineer who wants to volunteer and, and we, can, we can come over and we can sort of just crash things. Okay. Well, we have one last question here. Here, okay. here we go. So let's go ahead and do this. Uh, let's go ahead. So a couple questions. Um, one, Alan, are you the one who approves plugins being sold via WooCommerce marketplace? Why are there a few plugins that seem to do the same thing in the WooCommerce marketplace? Yep. Um, okay. So, so answer to question number one. No, unfortunately not. I'm not the person who approves it. We have a, um, a dedicated team who's over our uh, marketplace effort uh, completely. And so they have certain criteria for what they accept. There are, there are technical criteria um, in terms of things that your code has to adhere to certain standards, code sniffing things. Um, and then there's also certain types of extensions that they won't accept just by nature of the type of extension that they are. Um, but if you wanted, excuse me, anybody who wants to sign up as a vendor, we have a sign up form. I think it's woocommerce.com slash vendor sign up. Um, you can sign up and talk to one of our, our business development people about um, selling your extension. Um, so question number two, why are there, why are there a few plugins that seem to do the, the same thing in the WooCommerce marketplace? I think this is by design. Um, I'd have to do a little bit more research to um, verify, but I think that that's the idea is that in the marketplace, it's okay for there to be competing functionality um, because then that helps all of us get better. Um, it helps us improve our extensions through uh, competition. Alrighty. Well, um, so Zach says you need to join the leveling up over on Clubhouse. Um, it's, oh, cool. He's doing a kind of follow up on his actually event he's going to be doing here. So um, that where they'll be talking about code. So um, <laughs> for the the I, I may go in sometimes and just listen, even though I probably won't understand half what he's saying. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen because his his goal in life is to teach me some code. I think so. Um, so that's a that, that's a that's a big goal. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think that's it. We are winding down. We're going to go ahead. Um, um, let's see. He just uh, Diego says if you if you apply for a product on the marketplace and they say no, try again a bit later because maybe hey maybe. It just works, you know, so it's try, try again. So, um, Alan, this has been cool. We did, we did the hour. We, we had, we had a lot of conversation, a lot of different stuff. Went off on some tangents, but, but had fun. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm assuming probably the best way for people to, um, have a conversation with you or connect with you is on the WooCommerce Slack. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, you can you can find me on the WooCommerce Slack. My handle is Alan Smith. Um, you can also email me uh, if, if email works better for you. I'm alan.smith at automatic.com. Um, but I'm always happy to, to chat with people and, and help you find the answers if you if I can. All right. Excellent. Well, um, I think we'll we'll call it a day here. So again, thanks, Alan. It's been great. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. And thank you, everybody. See you around.